0: Listening to Closer Look. Welcome to Closer Look. I'm Ed Linane, sitting with United States Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Ben Carson. He's a man of many talents and experiences, including being a world-renowned neurosurgeon. He has received multiple awards in his life to date, including the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2008. He was selected by the president for this position within the administration in 2017. Secretary Carson would also tell you that he is a man of deep faith. Thank you for letting us come by and visit today.
1: Absolutely a pleasure to be with you. So much
0: has occurred in your life. I think it's hard to pick one spot on on where to look back on. But, you know, knowing your background of growing up in Detroit, raised by a single mom, do you ever think that where you are today is where you would wind up when you think about the early days for
1: you? Uh, No, absolutely not. Although I, I did at an early age decide that I wanted to be a doctor. So I was eight years old when I made that decision. Then. You know, when I decided to leave uh, medicine, I decided that I would leave when I turned 61. And the reason I did that is because people told me that neurosurgeons die early. And I didn't believe it, so I wrote down the name of the last 10 I know who died, calculate the average age of death, and it was 61. So I said, I'm still alive. I'm going to retire. But I failed retirement, obviously, (laughs) uh, because after the National Prayer breakfast. In 2013, everybody kept saying, you got to run for president, which I thought was absolutely absurd. And I said, uh, if I just ignore these people, it'll go away. But I kept ignoring them, and it kept getting worse. Every place I went, people with placards, run, Ben, run, and had over 500,000 petitions in my office. I could barely get in there. And I just finally said, Lord, if you really want me to do this, which I don't want to do, but if you want me to do it, you have to give me all the things that a person who runs for president needs, an organization, a Rolodex with all these names, a big war chest of money. Um, and I said, you know, I'm not going to go out and do that. Next thing I knew, there was an organization Uh, we were bringing in more money than the RNC every month. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So I said, okay.
0: So we know the outcome of the presidential run. President Trump would then select you for this position today. Why did you say yes to that?
1: I certainly didn't go to Washington planning to do this. And uh, the president and the vice president and the chief of staff and uh, several others said, you have to do this. It's absolutely essential that you do this. But, you know, I had to make sure it was really the right thing to do. But as I thought more about it, I thought about many of the experiences that I've had and uh, the intense desire that I've always had to get people out of poverty. I said, you know, this is probably the perfect place to be.
0: In your mind, it's about a continuation of service and serving people,
1: right? Uh, That's really what it's about. You know, HUD happens to be the philanthropic arm of the United States government. But uh, what it has done in the past is concentrated more on putting people into programs and putting people into housing. And those are good things. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, my definition of success is how many people can we get out of these programs and on a path to real self-sufficiency and realizing the potential that God has put into each individual. That's not something you can just get people to do with a speech. Uh, You have to put things in place for them to be able to climb those ladders of opportunity And you have to remove the things that in the past have pulled the ladder of opportunity from under them once they start climbing it uh, so that they're truly incentivized to do it.
0: Let's talk about HUD specifically, mission and vision. Okay, it's been around for a long while, but why does this government agency exist? What's at the core of its mission?
1: At the core of its mission is taking care of the people in our society who are least capable of taking care of themselves the elderly, uh, the disabled. Over the course of time it has spread so that now we just sort of take care of whoever needs to be taken care of. And it's a number that could continue to grow if we don't proactively now start working on ways to set people on the trajectory to self-sufficiency.
0: Like most government agencies, I think HUD has its you know, share of critics. It's big, it's cumbersome, it's bureaucratic, right? Uh, it's red tape, but let me ask you to do some cheerleading now for HUD. Where and how have you seen HUD excel in displaying its mission and
1: vision? Well, when I came here for eight and a half years before that, we had not had a CFO. And uh, as a result of that, there were not a whole lot of financial controls in place. And uh, we have seen a dramatic improvement in that since we brought on Irv Dennis, a 37-year-old veteran of Ernst & Young, uh, who we had to restrain from fleeing once he saw the books. But he's okay now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, when we look at the uh, technology platform, it was 40 years old. And uh, it, was, it was so old, that we'd have to worry about being hacked because people didn't know how to hack things back then. But, uh, you know, we have improved that very significantly and that, in fact, won a technology award for all the agencies uh, because of the improvements that have been made in our dashboard so that we can actually do real-time monitoring of where the grant money is, how fast it's being spent, things of that nature, all of which will greatly improve our efficiency.
0: I read that one of your goals or at least desires was to move this agency from what you call bureaucracy to business mode, right? Yes. Why and what progress have you made in doing that since you first came on board?
1: Well, primarily because I don't like bureaucrats. Yeah, you know, bureaucrats are people who think that the rules are more important than the goals. Surgeons are just the opposite, yeah. You know? What is it that we're trying to do? <laughs> Let's just get it done. And uh We've made a lot of progress with that. Uh, You know, the the Lord has blessed me with the most amazing team of people. I always say at HUD, we have the ugliest building, but the best people. It makes all the difference in the world.
0: (laughs) You're listening to Closer Look. I'm Ed Linane here in Washington. We're visiting with Housing and Urban Development Secretary, Dr. Ben Carson. You know, interesting uh, meeting with the uh, House uh, Committee, talking about HUD uh, proposals. A lot to do with affordable housing. I think you guys touched on every hot button issue that can possibly happen uh, in in that particular meeting. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: It was interesting because obviously a lot of the the questioning surrounded the qualified resident uh, rule. And uh, people were saying, how can you be willing to affect the housing of 55,000 children? They said, these are children, innocent children. How could you possibly do this? doesn't matter whether they're legal or illegal. And um, I've just found it quite interesting that a lot of the people who were saying that, and of course we love to take care of everyone, uh, but a lot of the people who were making these arguments about children are at the same time advocating for late-term abortion. And uh, as a pediatric neurosurgeon, you know, I frequently found myself in a situation of operating on uh, babies that were 26, 27, 28, 29 weeks gestation. And they've created a, you know, baby versus mother situation where I just have a hard time even understanding how we've gotten so perverted.
0: Let's talk then. We'll dig a little bit deeper on affordable housing. I know HUD is is really wanting to move out on this initiative, specifically looking for the middle class situation, lack of new homes, home prices are going through the roof, right? So What is HUD's proposals to help deal
1: with that? You know, there was uh, a lot of controversy when we suspended uh, the assessment tool for affirmably furthering fair housing. Uh, Basically, it was a statistical tool that was very complex. Sort of told you if you move this group of people over here and this group over here, somehow you solve segregation problems. As a physician, particularly, I, I like to look at the root causes of the problem. The root cause of segregation in housing is not George Wallace standing in the doorway and saying, you're not coming in here. The root cause is people can only afford to live in certain places. So you need to really attack the affordability issue. And what is it that is driving the prices up? It's these zoning restrictions and regulatory restrictions, which add to a new single-family construct, approximately 25 to 27 percent to a a new multifamily construct, an average of 32.1 percent up to 42 percent. That's a massive amount. So instead, you know, we're focusing on working with the states and with the uh, local jurisdictions in terms of getting rid of all of these barriers and uh, that will dramatically bring down the cost. And also looking at innovation, innovative housing uh, techniques, things like 3D printable houses and uh, new technologies in manufactured housing, modular housing, uh, accessory dwelling units, a whole nine yards. And not only to, to stimulate interest in the general public, but also in the legislative branch. So. Uh, they can begin to see that you know we need to start updating the way that we do things, incorporating the new technologies into it. So a combination of of looking at the regulatory barriers, uh, utilizing uh, new techniques, uh, removing disincentives—all of these kinds of things will make a significant difference.
0: All right, let's do a quick lightning round of sorts. I'll give you a phrase uh, or a sentence. You tell me the HUD connection to that. For example, I, I say. Investing in people.
1: We define that as recognizing that our most uh, valuable resource are our people, not buildings and not programs.
0: 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act creates economic opportunity zones. HUD's connection to that.
1: Uh, HUD actually leads the uh, White House Council on Opportunity and uh, Rehabilitation or Revitalization. And that means there are 16 uh, governmental agencies and government state cooperatives that focus their attention on areas that have traditionally been neglected economically and allow unrealized capital gains to be invested into these that are going to be invested somewhere anyway. And if we can focus them on the areas that need them the most, it'll make a big difference for our country. Rental
0: assistance demonstration program?
1: This basically is public-private partnerships to take care of uh, public housing that traditionally has been neglected. A private partner who has interest in making sure that it is maintained.
0: Here's an interesting one, bipartisan support.
1: You know, our system of government was designed for dissent, but not for resistance. And it is a significant problem, although uh, we make a concerted effort to Uh, have breakfast and lunch and meetings with uh, people from both sides of the party on a regular basis. And it certainly does pay dividends.
0: One more, my tax dollars at
1: work. We are very anxious to guard American taxpayers, which is why we've made significant changes in a lot of programs, particularly in the FHA, uh, which is there to principally serve low and moderate income people and make the American dream possible for them.
0: You're listening to Closer Look. I'm Ed Linane, visiting here in Washington with HUD Secretary Dr. Ben Carson. I think at the start of our time together, I mentioned that you uh, describe yourself as a man of deep faith. How has your faith helped you in government service? You
1: know, the same way that it's helped me throughout my entire life. I start every day with prayer and with reading my bible asking god for wisdom and guidance in terms of what to do and uh, he provides that for me i particularly like to read from the book of proverbs which was written by solomon and my middle name happens to be solomon and you know i think the lord has a sense of humor because when solomon became the uh, king thing that made him very famous, two women came to him claiming to be the mother of the same baby. And what did he advocate? He said, divide the babies. Well, that's when I became very well-known, when I separated babies.
0: <laughs> not long ago, you made it known that whatever the outcome of a 2020 election, whether it's a second term for this administration or a brand new one, you would not be staying on in your current role. So is there a new direction or a new road to travel for Benjamin Carson?
1: Well, I actually uh, didn't say that I was going to leave. I said that my preference is to be in private life. I'd rather be there right now. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the Lord gives you things that you need to do. And uh, I will do those.
0: So with that in mind, and, and no matter what the future holds, what's the one thing that you hope people of this country remember you by during your time here at HUD?
1: I hope they remember that it's not about me. I'm not particularly interested in a legacy. But I am very interested in seeing this organization turn from one that simply maintains people to one that sets people on a trajectory of success.
0: Housing and Urban Development Secretary Dr. Ben Carson. Mr. Secretary, thank you for letting us come by and visit today.
1: It has been my pleasure.